Good morning, everybody. It is Pastor Paul here on a beautiful Tuesday morning, October 19th, 2021, the year of our Lord. So coming to you from the home office here. And if you just stumbled onto this time, we call this Romans Rewind. We take 10 or 15 minutes every weekday to unpack a portion of God's Word, which for now is going to, for this season, um, we're tracking our Sunday morning sermon series through the book of Romans, and we're highlighting or unpacking things that maybe we didn't spend as much time on in our sermons on Sunday morning, just hashing those out in a little more detail. And as always, if you have a specific question you would love for us to answer, paul.gilbert at fouroakschurch.com is my email. Email your questions, um, your, your thoughts, and we'll see if we can work our way to them. This today, the today, this, this, um, this segment, <laughs> I'm trying to find my words here, of our time, we are going um, to, to redo what we talked about yesterday. Apparently there was some technical difficulties and um, cut out, and so I thought it would be just best to, to rewind to yesterday, and I'll try to vary it up just a little bit. But the, the text that we're in is, is Romans 3, 21 and 26. And again, whole books, whole volumes have been written just on this section of Scripture. And so there's obviously so much here. But let me read it for us again. And then I'm going to have us zoom in on verse 25. Okay. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace <clears throat> as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, if you were to ask someone, um, and I don't mean um, someone outside the church, I mean a Bible-believing, born-again Christian, for whom did Christ die? Um, you might get a couple different answers. You might say he, Jesus died for the world, or Jesus died for everyone, or Jesus died for his people. Um, but my guess is not many would say that Jesus died for God. And we might say, what, what does that mean, Jesus died for God? Not, not he died for God as in God had sinned and needed cleansing or forgiveness. That, that, that obviously is not what we're talking about. But something about the death of Jesus met a righteous requirement as set out by God. And that um, Jesus had in view, according to this passage, not just us, but the Father as he went to the cross. So let's go back to the text here um, a second and see. So it says in verse 25, God put forward, Jesus was put forward by God as a propitiation. That means as a blood sacrifice um, to satisfy the wrath of God. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. What does that mean? Well, let's let's go back to the old covenant for a second. And the way that God called His people under the old covenant, 
um, was the same way he calls us to himself, and that's through faith. And so it's not true that, um, that salvation in the Old Testament was based upon works or works righteousness. It was always based upon faith, as exemplified by the example of Abraham. For Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And this says this even before circumcision was given. And so Habakkuk 2.14, the just shall live by faith. The New Testament writers quote this text all the time. It's to communicate that, that, that salvation has always been through faith in God. Okay. Now, we have to say then, then what was the blood for? What were the sacrifices? Because it does, we are told that um, in Hebrews that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness or remission of sins. And so we have to say, well, then what was the sacrifice for? Well, the sacrifice was to remind the people of Israel that they needed a Savior. That just as their blood would be required for um, their, their sin, okay, as blood guilt, so then the, the animal sacrifices, the blood that was shed, should have been their blood. And it reminded them, and it was... Um, it was a symbol of the cleansing that they needed in their hearts. But understand something, the blood of bulls and goats can't take away sin, right? An animal is a finite, non-eternal, sorry all you dog lovers, finite, non-eternal sort of being, right? And so what, what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that, of course, that blood is not going to be sufficient to take away your sins. It's only a picture of the blood that's needed to take away your sins. So who's whose blood took away the sins of the Old Testament saints. And Paul tells us here, it's Jesus' blood, okay? That, that for a season, for a time, whether it's 1,500 years, 2,000 years, 6,000 years, however you want to measure human history in terms of biblical record, um, God forgave sins. And he forgave sins by people placing their faith in him. And the sacrifices that they did in obedience were just a sign, a symbol, a seal of their faith, that they trusted God and believed on him for righteousness. And this was the pattern on the whole Old Testament until the coming of Jesus. So when Jesus, the writer of Hebrews tells us, enters into that most high place, when he goes into the Holy of Holies, so to speak, he offers his own blood, not the blood of animals which means that he only had to offer it up one time. There is not a repeated sacrifice, okay? And so here, when it comes to the present time, what Paul is saying is that if Jesus had not come and died for the sins of his people in the future and then in the present, but also in the past, then God would not have been righteous. And what does he mean by that? He says, to show the righteousness of God. See, there is this, this sense in which for God not to punish sin eternally the way it des deserves to be punished, he's being unfair. In other words, he's, he, he's letting us off the hook, so to speak. He's, he's letting sin be, kind of, kind of be here today, gone tomorrow. He's, he's turning his head from it. But we know that's not the way God deals with sin. God deals with sin with his right wrath, his righteous anger, and his judgment. And so where did that righteous anger, that righteous judgment go in the Old Covenant? Because again, the blood of bulls and goats won't take away sins. Well, God was sort of holding it at bay. God was sort of holding his hand. 
He was passing over sins. He was forgiving sins in his divine forbearance in anticipation of the fact that his son, Jesus, would come and die for the sins of his people and that he would pay retroactively for those sins that were committed in the past. So, so Paul, again, makes this clear, okay, that Jesus didn't just die for us. He also died um, to show um, and to demonstrate and to uphold the righteousness of God. And I, I referenced a sermon, this was by John Piper, and it was a Copernican sermon for me because it really got back to this idea of, and by the way, Piper preached this at one of the Passion events in the late 90s. I'm sure you could find the audio, if not also on DesiringGod.org. It's called, Did Jesus Die for Us or God? And it, and it was Piper's effort to sort of make central the God-centeredness of the atonement. In other words, when Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't just thinking of us, although he was. He was also thinking about the divine wrath of the Father, his righteousness, which had been stayed all those years, but now, which was being poured out okay, on his own son. He was being propitiated, the Father was, by the death of his son. And that's why we can rightly say that, that Jesus had both the Father and us in view when he went to the cross. Now, what difference does this make in our lives? Well, it makes a lot of difference, right? It reminds us when we are tempted to not forbear or be patient or to forgive others that God for millennia was patient and forbeared and forgave sins even when the permanent sacrifice had not yet come. And if God could stay his hand for centuries, for millennia, then how much more can we, of course, forgive our neighbor, forgive our spouse, forgive our kids, um, forgive our friends? forgive ourselves. And that's only possible, though, when we understand that Jesus went into that holy of holies, the high place, not repeatedly, over and over like animal sacrifices. He went one time to offer up his sins, offer up his blood for our sins. And now he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for both. His blood continues to intercede for us. We never, in this life, get past the need for his propitiating blood over our sins. And so, um, encouraged us to think on that and and just to kind of meditate on this amazing divine reality of God's perfect plan of redemption and how it did so many things simultaneously at once. Okay, hopefully that recorded fine today and broadcast fine. We'll be back here tomorrow, Wednesday, to continue this journey through the passage. Let me pray for us. Lord, we pray that you would guide and direct us Lord, we pray that you would give us thankful hearts. Lord, we pray that we would remember uh, the great patience and forgiveness you've extended to us through your son, Jesus, and let us do this to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks.